Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. We are in the midst of our series on powerful praying, how to build a powerful prayer life. We've talked about ways to revive your prayer life, overcoming barriers to prayer, and the wisdom of prayer. So if you've not caught the previous episode, I really encourage you when you have time to go back and listen to those because there's so many rich truths about prayer that we can explore. And as I've said throughout this series, it's so easy in our fast-paced lives to allow prayer to just become another burdensome task that we have to check off our list and forget how beautiful and what a privilege prayer truly is. This week, we're going to look at what it means to pray boldly, pray audaciously, which is something that many of us are afraid to do. Before we dive in, I wanted to remind you that there are a few weeks left to register for the Set Apart Conference, June 3rd through 5th. There are a few spots left to join us in person, or you can join us anywhere you are via simulcast. One simulcast registration allows you to share this event with as many women in your life as you desire. So you can gather in a church or a living room. It's just a great way to bring that set apart message to your community, and you'll have access to the sessions all throughout the rest of 2022. So it's a great option if you're looking for ways to spread that set apart message and to give the women in your life a vision of what Christ-centered womanhood really looks like. Also, we have an incredible resource. If you haven't already subscribed to our Set Apart magazine, it's a quarterly magazine filled with rich, beautiful truth that is an amazing addition to your daily quiet time. It makes an amazing gift for women in your life. It's truly an incredible resource for women of every age. So go to setapartgirl.com if you'd like to learn how to become either a digital or a print subscriber to our Set Apart magazine. For both the conference and the magazine, you can also just click the link in this podcast description to learn more. Let's look at what it means to pray boldly. Personally, I can say that there are things that I have prayed about for many, many years and still have not seen the answer come. Then there are other things that I've prayed for and saw the answer come immediately. We live in a culture that trains us to be in a hurry. Everything is instant, and that instant expectation has a tendency to creep in and and warp our view of prayer and our expectations toward prayer because prayer is participation in a very real battle. And depending on how resistant the enemy may be to whatever we might be praying for, the answer may not always come immediately because there is a very real spiritual battle over that specific issue. Some prayers with answers have taken thousands of years to come to fruition. For example, the coming of the Messiah is something that people prayed for for years and years and years before he actually came. As we've talked about throughout this podcast series, one of the most common complaints about prayer is that it doesn't actually work. People say, I tried praying, but that is actually not an excuse to stop praying. Prayer always works. Now, I realize that might sound a little bit too optimistic, but really, we're not upset with the powerlessness of prayer. It's actually the powerlessness of unbiblical prayer, because prayer, if it's really offered up after the biblical pattern works, and it's really that simple. I believe there are three things that make up the recipe for true biblical prayer. Now, all three ingredients are not always required for prayers to be answered, but any prayer offered in keeping with all three of these ingredients has never not been answered. So let's look at all three of them. The first one is that we need to pray God prayers. God wants to tutor us in not just how to pray, but what to pray. When we as believers pray God prayers, it is such an incredible opportunity For the second ingredient, which is number two, praying with complete confidence, which is also known as faith. Doubt is a prayer killer. It's, as Eric often says, it's like 
tying a hundred pound dumbbell to the ankle of your prayer and trying to get it to float up. Christians should be just as assured in God's desire to answer prayer as we should be that the sun will rise tomorrow, that the sky will still be blue tomorrow. God's nature is a guarantee. And as part of that revealed nature, he has told us that if we ask in confidence, according to his will, our prayers will be heard. Our prayers will be answered. And so as children of God, we have every reason to be confident in our praying, faith filled in our praying. The third ingredient is to pray until the answer comes. This is where most of us start out with God prayers and God confidence and yet end up with the illusion of unanswered prayer because we leave out that third ingredient. And as Eric would say, it's like detoothing a tiger and wondering why the thick, juicy steak sitting in front of him has gone uneaten. Persistence is the heart of prayer. It's the doggedness of importunity that gets the job done. So ingredient number one, praying God prayers, gives us the reason for praying. Ingredient number two, praying with complete confidence, is the key that unlocks that action of heaven, that faith. So it's not to say that God can't answer our prayers out of just ignorance or even selfishness. But God is not necessarily bound to answer those kinds of prayers, but he does bind himself to answer the prayers of those saints who seek him as he has asked to be sought. Our God is a prayer answering God. He's not a God who picks and chooses to answer prayers, the ones that sound the wisest or the most verbose or the most spiritual. Our God is not looking for a reason not to answer our prayers. He is eager to help us and he highly esteems the persistent soul. When Jesus talked about prayer, he used the illustration of the persistent widow asking and asking and asking until the judge finally gave in to her request. He talked about the importunate neighbor who kept knocking and knocking until his neighbor opened up and gave him his request. When he talked about the Canaanite woman in in Matthew 7, that also demonstrated that simple principle of faith mixed with persistence equals results with God. This is not just a New Testament thing, as I've said before. Faithful persistence is the essence of the entire Bible. And Eric and I love the story in Genesis where Jacob was seeking the blessing of God. He actually was after it since his birth, and he was bound and determined to get the blessing of God. But after all of his attempts to gain it by his own cunning and his own strength, he came to the end of himself. And in a state of great desperation, he arrived at a place called Peniel, which means the face of God. And it's there that he met God face to face. And Jacob in his desperation grabs a hold of God. We read that he wrestled with God. He knew what he needed was not going to be found anywhere, but with the one that he was clinging to. So he wouldn't let go. Scripture says that Jacob wrestled until the breaking of day. He wrestled until the light came. God said to him, let go. And Jacob said, I will not let go until you bless me. He knew that God had what he needed. He was not willing to end his wrestling match without that power, that blessing that he was seeking from God. Most of us have not come to that place of Peniel. We do our praying and our Christian living in our own cunning, in our own strength. But Peniel, that place of total dependence on God, where we know that he is the only one who can supply us with what we're crying out for, that is the place where spiritual things actually get done. It's that place of wrestling. It intimidates many of us. It's that place of holding on until the breakthrough comes, until the victory is achieved. And that sounds kind of tiring and tedious, but it is the secret to answered prayer. God was so moved by this wrestling, this willingness not to let go, that he gave this limping wrestler a new name. He said, I will now call you Israel because you have grabbed a hold of your God and did not let go until you prevailed. 
The name of God's people denotes this idea of wrestling. It's the infrastructure of the whole gospel. God's people are overcomers. They are champions. They are travailing prevailers. They are those who find the treasure and go after it and sell all in order to gain it. They are those who see the glory of their God and then wrestle in prayer until that glory is seen in all its fullness here on this earth. And that is really where revivals come from. It's continuing to ask until the awakening the stirring and the power of God comes through our praying. There's something really powerful about being willing to wrestle even when you don't see the breakthrough. And sometimes years can go by before you see the breakthrough. There's this pattern that you see in missionary history of waiting seven years. And I don't think seven years is necessarily the magic number, but very consistently you see a period of about seven years before any kind of spiritual breakthrough came. William Carey It was seven years before he baptized his first convert in India. For Adoniram Judson in Burma, it was seven years of hardship and suffering and wrestling prayer before he won his first disciple. Or Robert Morrison, when he went to China, it was seven years before he finally won someone to Christ. Robert Robert Moffat tells the same tale, seven hard years before the first evident moving of the Spirit of God upon the people he was trying to reach in Africa. And you see that same pattern in the lives of so many pioneer missionaries. Now, that's a long period of time. Is there a modern day man or woman of God who would be willing to wrestle for seven long years with no apparent fruit until the breakthrough comes? Each of those stories, Carrie, Judson, Morrison, Moffat, mention hard years of wrestling before the benefits of their persistence were experienced. Only then did each of those missionaries find that amazing, earth-shaking, powerful revival. It's really easy to look at their lives and read their stories and think, well, they just went over there and revival broke out. But it was seven years of wrestling in prayer and refusing to give up until the breakthrough came. Leonard Ravenhill said this, Unction is God's knighthood for the soldier preacher who has wrestled in prayer and gained the victory. Now that might sound more like a masculine analogy, but I love the word picture of that. This is a battle that we are in. Are we willing to put on the armor and fight and wrestle for as long as it takes? There's a really powerful story about the Moravian revival where a man named Count Zinzendorf despaired over the spiritual anemia of the Moravians, but he roused himself to wrestle in the power of the Spirit of God until change took place. As his biography says, it was through his persistent praying, his refusal to give up, that revival came about 11 o'clock in the morning on August 13, 1727, and that started in a prayer meeting that was born that we are told lasted 100 years. From that one meeting came a missionary movement that reached the ends of the earth. That is truly astounding. As I said before, Eric and I have wrestled in prayer for things for many, many years without seeing a clear answer as of yet. But God has convicted us that we are not supposed to just get discouraged and throw up our hands in defeat. We are supposed to press in all the more, knowing that today may be the day when that breakthrough finally comes. And again, God may choose to bring the breakthrough in a different way than we're expecting. And when we're constantly surrendering back to him and saying, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. You have put this particular burden on my heart. I'm going to wrestle for this specific request. But if you have a different way, you desire to bring the breakthrough, I surrender to that. Whatever would bring the most glory to your name. Those are prayers that God gets behind and answers. 
And there is really no such thing as an unanswered biblical prayer. There may be misguided prayers or selfish prayers or doubting prayers, but true faith-filled biblical prayer does not go unanswered. A lot of times it's just abandoned prematurely due to our lack of persistence and faithful endurance. So my encouragement to you is not to grow weary in that work of prayer, that battle of wrestling prayer. If you continue to wrestle until the breakthrough, until the breaking of day, in due season, you will reap a tremendous tremendous crop, a tremendous reward if you faint not. Our God is faithful. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into what it means to build a thriving prayer life, visit setapartgirl.com and see the many resources that we have for you there. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.